I'm sorry. That came out wrong. I apologize. You know I love you, Joey, my broey. <laughs> Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarula, joined by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Coming to you live from the Buckeye State. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm I'm in Ohio uh, again this week. Uh, it's been a little while, but um, it's it, it was 68 degrees here today, uh, first day of March, and uh, I didn't even realize it because I hadn't gone outside, and I'm looking at the temp going like, what, is, that, is that right, or is that still set to some what other is, state? What is going on? Like, I don't, uh, don't understand. All of our winter was in three days this year, back in December, um, between Christmas and New Year's. When we yeah, got, we got like six inches vortex. of snow yesterday or two days ago. Uh, you're going to get about six inches more tomorrow. Uh, or yeah, actually, I think no, Friday. Friday. Friday's Friday. the day. That's it's right. I keep Saturday, thinking yeah. today's Thursday for some reason. So, um, but yeah, I having a good time down here. We we went to uh, down to Columbus yesterday, and um, there's a you know, a few areas of Columbus that are pretty fucking awesome. Uh, one of them just has like a ton of shops and we were doing a little kind of walking up and down the street, shopping, buying things. Um, not me. Mostly I was just window shopping, uh, but we went into a place. I think it's just called big toys and it's like, they just sell used toys, but it's like 99% of the stuff they sell are like vintage used, um, uh, you know, toys from the eighties. Nice. Right. And they have, you know, it's not just like, oh, it's never been taken out of the box stuff. It's like, you know, bins of just all the parts of fucking broken cars that people just gave them to, you know, get rid of. And I'm digging through here and I'm like, I had this car. I had this little toy <laughs> car, this exact one. Everyone nice. had the, everyone had the little fucking, you know, matchstick, you know, a team van carrying that was that was in there. But then they had black gas, uh, glass cases, like huge glass cases with every single transformer toy that had wow. ever been sold every single gi joe that had ever been sold every single ninja turtle that had ever been sold um and they were all in you know pretty good condition but you can tell like somebody actually you know a kid actually did own them but they were right. all you know like it was every single one like not in the boxes but like just imagine a, a display case with you know 360 different transformers and there's only one of each Right. And you're just like, it's like, for one thing, the nostalgia waves of nostalgia <laughs> are right. hitting you, but just like the, the, the sheer amount of, you know, visual overstimulation that that would be. <laughs> right now. Um, Cause when you're a kid, you never got to see every single Ninja Turtle all at the same time. No, they're all thrown in a fucking, like a, a you know, a fake like treasure chest or something. You'd have yeah. to dig through it to find the one or, you're or, looking for. Or even if you were really into Transformers, you probably didn't own more than maybe, no. you know, uh, 10 or 12 fucking transformers toys in your I whole had life a, before you you know yeah but, I, had a, 
I had a shitload yeah. of uh, because I was yeah, I, my my two things were uh, you know Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys. I had a shit ton of those, uh-huh. and uh, pro wrestling action figures. I had I, pff, Jesus Christ, fifty, sixty of those probably. I like sure. I'm, I'm just making up a number, but like so whenever I see one of those in one of those like vintage toy stores that I had like a weird random one, I'm like oh shit, that's you know half of me wants to buy it just for the nostalgia of it, even though it's worth fucking you know th- you know six bucks, like it's nothing, right. <laughs> Well, I mean, but it was also just like realizing the level of mind fuckery that we were, you know, forced to go through as kids where we thought something that was fun, you know, toys and cartoons was like purely the cartoon was purely there to sell you toys. Oh, yeah. That's all it was. 100%. You know, it was like, oh, you get home from school, hop off the bus and go watch, you know, afternoon cartoons. And it was just purely you're just watching ads to go buy plastic crap. G.I. Joe was literally a 22 minute toy commercial every day. Like that's literally all it was interrupted by other non G.I. Joe commercials. It it wasn't cool how like every episode there'd be like a new character they introduced. And then like turns out, you know, a week later you could go buy the toy of that character. Like what are the, what a coincidence. (laughs) What what a weird coincidence, right? Hey, what if we have the Ninja Turtles have a different adventure every week where they have to have a different disguise because they're mutant turtles and they have to blend in. So we'll sell a different toy of each character in a different disguise from here to eternity. (laughs) like marketing fucking genius i know fucking poor our poor parents like i that's i'm so glad i don't have kids because that that shit still goes on it's just you know we're we're, but yeah i can only imagine just every time you know if uh, fucking some new thing came out like oh my god we have to and and it would always be in waves of like five or six different like oh the the you know series 18 of the teenage mutant ninja turtles you know seriously oh you could get the ninja turtles in a trench coat or here's Raphael in a hawaiian in a hawaiian shirt like you know fucking donatello sunglasses like it's the exact same fucking figure you have just sunglasses painted on like but i need to have that 18 dollar figure i need it you know right now and some of it was just i mean the the prices of some of that shit even back then was astronomical you know a hundred dollars for a toy like what? How much value are you going to get out of a hundred dollar toy? <laughs> I know the shit. Like the shit that re- they really, where they really got our parents' generation was like on the, on the sets, like on the either like the vehicles or like the fucking, you know, like the Castle Grayskull for fucking He Man, like the just the big shit that oh, like yeah. Yeah, which when you look back now, it was like sixty dollars in like nineteen ninety two, and you're like, Jesus Christ! Like I can't even imagine. I mean, I remember, I remember like every kid, every boy uh, in my like I don't know what fourth or fifth grade class. Mm-hmm. I think by fifth grade we were kind of like starting to get out of doing toys, you know. But like the, third the and... battleship, the 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 GI Joe. Uh, Star no, Star it was the, the 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 Ninja Turtle Technodrome. Remember that yes. thing? Yes. Yeah. Oh my God! Fuck that. I didn't thing. have one. My my friend had one. Yeah. yeah but that was like the thing that every kid every boy kid wanted was that fucking thing and i was just like that's it's it was so expensive though it was like a fucking you know it's a huge rolling fortress and it opens up and you have the fucking thing shoots and whatever um but it was really expensive and i was just like i don't know no 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 and i was like hey but you know check it out the ninja turtle inflatable blimp that's only like 25 bucks i I think i can swing that one right i had this now i'm getting crazy nostalgia yeah i didn't i didn't have that but i did have the um like the party bus the van like you know the pizza van oh i mean the 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 van was pretty much like they delivered that to you for free in your mailbox (laughs) like a sample of tide like everyone had that everyone had that everyone had the van because the van was in every episode you know it wasn't like a you know extra that, that, that was that was a smart move on their part, you know. Like, right, obviously, that's the one everyone will buy, so that's an easy, you know, twenty five bucks from every 
household and that it was like you know the one rich kid in the in town would get the fucking technodrome so all the other kids <laughs> would guilt their parents into buying it for fucking christmas you know i, just, I love that like i didn't have to look up the name of that thing i just it, it was so burned into my brain <laughs> that i'll just always remember the name right. of that fucking thing right no. um, um that, that apparently can just burrow around under new york city without you know buildings collapsing or you know sewage um, of sanitation rupturing all over the place <laughs> right yeah so i i was telling you before we went on air i was starting to tell you we barely uh were able to record this week because my fucking internet has been awful all week um and i thought it was cox you know our internet provider cox who is uh like not great in general <laughs> like they, they you know they, but like like every telecoms company they all fucking suck like that that's by design they're all you know little individualized monopolies that that they mutually agree like oh well you can have this area and we'll have this area and we won't cross paths so we can both charge the maximum amount of fucking you know uh rates for you know phone internet tv whatever right um but so and, and like it kept what it would do is like at the at nighttime it would just fucking go to zero like the the you know i'd do speed test and it would be like like five megabits per second, like fucking just snail, like, you know, 56 K modem, uh, speed. And it, like the, on the other end, they're like, Oh, there's no outage, blah, blah, blah. We can't figure out what the issue is. And like the, their answer was just, Oh, we'll send a tech. We'll send a tech. Like it, I was like, just, which I finally broke down. I was like, fine, fucking whatever. But it's not the inside of the house. We just got a brand new modem from them like a month ago. Cause we were having a similar issue. Um, and I was like, just, I'm not home. Just look at the, please look at the outside lines, whatever. So it turns out one of our neighbors uh, got uh, Frontier, which is like another shitty, you know, like right. competing company that's trying to move into this area. And apparently, and, and I talked to the Cox guy after he was, a, he was a cool guy. He called me up like, you know, cause I told him I wasn't home, but just, you know, take a look at the lines or whatever. And he basically told me what happened is that like Frontier, when they install shit, I guess they're still like installing DSL connections, which I didn't even think was still a thing, but um, it, because DSL is like a, a just inherently slower or whatever, they have to like cap the power that gets that gets sent through those lines because it's like it can't handle the the juice that like a, a <laughs> you know one gigabyte fiber line gets like is which is what we have, I think. Um, and so what happens when they cap it inside the same, set of i don't know if it's like a certain I'm, I'm not a this is not my technical forte this particular thing but whether it's like on our pole so like it, on that circuit board or that series of you know connections or whatever when they cap one the power still goes to it it just gets shot out to all the other lines that are on that line so what was happening was it kept overloading our line and giving it too much power and like basically short circuiting and resetting the connection every fucking you know right a couple hours or whatever and, and i'm sure they'll bill you for that extra you know juice that you were getting uh, oh sure and and, and that was the other thing is like they're trying to charge 75 dollars for like a tech visit and i'm like motherfuckers like i don't have service like this is your line like what is the oh they love doing that shit yeah well they did that to me or comcast did that to me one time when i first moved to chicago uh i hooked up the modem and nothing works right right and they you know call them up they send a signal off the thing they're like well it's Internet's working fine, but we can't detect the modem. I'm like, okay, well, what are you going to do about it? Like, well, we'll send right. out a tech. Well, it turns out that the the uh, the line or the you know the cable coming out of the wall uh, wasn't connected to anything. <laughs> so <laughs> the the it goes into the wall, 
And then, you know, if you just pulled on the cable long enough, it would just pull out of the wall. It's not connected to anything. Right. So the, the, the guy comes out and figures that out and he's, he gets, you know, out of drill and goes in there and fucking figures out where it needs to be connected. So, uh, he, they, they told me I wouldn't be billed for anything because this was not my, you know, not my right, fault, the installer is right? a fucking idiot. Clearly. Right. Right. Well, I mean, who, who, who knows that the last time I could have ripped it out and just, stuck or, it or, right. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. way to know. Right? Someone's an idiot. Yeah. But the point was that, you know, it wasn't working. It wasn't my fault. You know, I hooked it up correctly. Right. So, but even though they said they wouldn't bill me for anything month later, hundred dollar install fee, uh-huh, uh-huh. I call up. I'm like, I, this was not an install. fee. <laughs> I fucking installed it myself and it didn't work. And right. you had to come out and fix it because the fucking line in the wall wasn't connected to anything. Like, well, that's technically installation because we had to hook up the line correctly. I'm like, that, no, 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 no. If it's inside the wall, it's not an install. Yeah. <laughs> it's a technical problem. The, 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 the secret they don't tell you about charges like that is if you call them bitch enough, they'll just get rid of them like that. Of course. I, I, don't, oh. expe- I don't expect to ever fucking pay a dime for this visit because it wasn't even, you know, my fi- it had nothing to do with anything we did. So no. if they do try to hit us with a $75 fee, that shit's going away real quick. I mean, they, they just hope that you won't notice. That's right, all. It yeah. Is. That's, oh, that's 100% what it is, which yeah. with as high as they fucking charge me every month, I will absolutely fucking notice if it's $75 higher than usual. Oh, yeah, but um, yeah. well, that's what they try, usually try to just kind of keep your, your price going up just a couple, you know, a few yep. cents a month so, until the point where, you know, you're, you're like, hey, you're, what the fuck? I've been paying, you know, I was paying $20 right. less last year. You're a frog in a boiling pot to them. That's uh-huh. all it is. Right. Yeah, no, it's fucking such a scam. But anyway, yeah, so that was so luckily so that was you, you got your fixed. shit connected. You got that fixed today. But uh, did that prevent you from uh, watching the last episode of everyone's favorite new zombie show? No, no, it actually did not. Uh, thankfully, I, I was able to watch that in one of the lulls between fucking being booted out of the, uh, uh, you know, out of out of service. So, yeah, obviously we should we should just chat real quick about The Last of Us this week because it seemingly was a polarizing episode, which. I thought it was weird because, like, when I watched it, I kind of had the same reaction I have every week, which is, "This is the best show on television." Like, I, you know, um, but it, it, why, why, why was it polarizing? I, I think people were just annoyed that which, which, and this is wild to me, but people were annoyed that um, it diverted from the main story. But then again, like, what? A, my thing is like, a, what's the rush? Like, you know, I, I like being told the story about these characters that I really enjoy. Um, I like being introduced to, you know, elements of their backstory so I can better understand them, especially somebody like Ellie, who we really have no frame of reference for whatsoever, but, you know, before she meets Joel. I mean, we have a little bit of Joel's backstory and we understand his pathos, but Ellie, you know, is mostly uh, a, a mystery to us. So it was, it was actually really nice to kind of see you know, why she is sort of the way she is and how she was so, a little well, bit less, you know, guarded before. But I mean, this whole episode was taken directly from the game, a lot of it shot for shot. So what was the deviation that the fucking... Well, I don't, think it, was a, I don't, I don't think it was a deviation from, like, the, the game itself. Well, so I think it's... A, it's partly because it was like, I guess this was DLC for the game. It wasn't, like, actual... But like, hey, you know, who gives a shit? So it was, you know, the, the fucking thing at the, the commune they went to. That was DLC. But, but if you, I mean, if you play the game now, the DLC is already in there. So right. Because you, play you, out you exactly... play the deluxe edition or whatever. But um, that's right. I mean... the, one, the one you would get now is like the greatest hits version, which probably has that built in along with the, the commune visit and all that shit. But no, I, I, I suspect there was also an element. Goes. 
There's yeah. also an element I, I suspect of, of like the same weird fucking review bombing bullshit that you got during the third episode where people are like, you know, ill gay people. We need to fucking two girls kissing. Right. Yeah. Same, same. I think the and they, same. And they similar. weren't both white. <laughs> right. It, it, right. It, you know, it, it, the show went way too woke for them. I'm sure it was the issue, but uh, yeah, I, I'd love this episode. And I thought it, you know, it was a really, you know, it, it, it just, it was cool. And I, I really liked the, you know, sort of humanizing, um, nature of it and the fact that he kind of got to like take a break for 80% of the episode from the sort of droll like miserable existence that that these characters live in all the time and just see them kind of experience this like uh, unadulterated joy at really simple things that we sort of think of as like whatever now but you know going to the arcade like imagine that for somebody who's never seen an arcade or you know maybe television at all like like what what that fucking sensory overload and how amazing that would be um, yeah, it was like me in the to- fucking toy store i was just like oh my right. god it's it's just too much it's too many things it's too many things it's too many right. things and um, i thought the episode was also really good at building suspense too you know i i just could not relax the sec you know the a the entire time they were in the mall i could you know it had just that that kind of you know background dread but just especially once you know that there's something sort of alive and moving around in there and you never know where the fuck like it's going to pop out. I no. thought that was well, you know, kind of built. Just the fact that that entire mall was a set. They had to build that entire thing for and how good it looked. Did they just right? go in like some abandoned one of the 5000 abandoned malls in no, America? Really? They built all of that. Wow. They built all of that from scratch. That looks that looks like every shitty mall I've, you know, I used to go to in middle school, high school. Right. right. But they had to like recreate exactly what a lot of those stores looked like. And not, in two, not 2003 just version too. Just, yeah, exactly. You know, but not just, you know, like you know, here here's the here's the um you know, the logo of the store and the sign, but like, you know, matching the actual layouts of the, what those stores looked like. Right. Um you know, I mean, a lot of those are they're so burned into your brain. I'm sure they had pictures of a lot of that stuff. But still, uh, the thing that threw me, though, was you know, I already kind of knew that, you know, that, that this was going to be an episode where once again, we meet a character and say goodbye to the character the same episode. <laughs> right. A, a character we grow to like. And, and it's like, oh, this is character's great. Oh, never mind. <laughs> they're gone. Right. Right. And I knew that what happens, spoiler warning, is that they both got bit. And that they, you know, decided to, you know, uh, rather than end their own lives, to, to to live out the rest of whatever they had, moments, days, whatever. Um, but I didn't know. But I, I th- so I thought in that situation, you know, Ellie uh, would would be, you know, basically lying to her that she's immune. But when I watched the episode, I realized, oh shit, she doesn't know she's immune. Oh no, right, that this which, is how she which, finds which, out exactly. And I was like, oh, that makes it so much fucking better because even, you know, I mean. It, it's because she's going to be just as terrified, but you know, you watch the way that she reacts versus the way her friend reacts. And it's like, she's flipping the fuck out because she's never really gone through anything traumatic before. Right. Whereas her friend's been through so many awful things. Her friend's just like, well, it's over. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, and, but I also love that, you know, the whole episode basically works as flashback, but you know, you, you think about like some of the shows recently that have used flashback for no reason, uh, that just takes you out of the moment and doesn't inform you anything about where the character is in that in the present, <coughs> Boba Fett. Um, <laughs> and they cut away from from the main action as Ellie is leaving Joel behind, presumably for dead, right? And right. she's about to walk out the door, 
right? And she stops and turns over her shoulder, and that's when the flashback starts. And we go through the entire episode that is flashback and understanding when this took place in context with when we first meet Ellie chained to a radiator, realizing that like this, this happened just before the events of the, of the pilot. Episode. Right. She knows she, there's no way she made it back to her, her, her room because there's no way, you know, they would, that would, she would have, you know, gotten through a day with a fucking bite on her arm. So she must, but have, when they yeah. cut back from that entire episode of flashback, it's exactly at the point where we left where Ellie's at that door. And then suddenly she, turns around instead of leaving starts furiously ripping through all the cabinets looking for anything she can use so the entire episode informs you exactly what her mental state is in that moment that she can't turn her back on this person like she's got to save this person no matter how unlikely it's going to be right right? and i i don't think i've ever seen a more effective use of, of of flashback whether a short flashback or a long flashback in any show to make you so fucking you know to tell you so much about what a character is thinking in that moment and why they're thinking it. Right. No, I, I agree a hundred percent. I, I, I love that about it. And, you know, and if you were like someone who's complaining about like, Oh, I want to know what happens to Joel. Well, yeah, I mean, the language of storytelling tells you that he's going to be fine. She's sewing him up by the end of the episode. Right. Uh, very, very primitively without any sort of sterilization oh, whatsoever. <laughs> right. The, the only problem there is, that, you know, stitching up a massive wound like that of something that went several inches into your internal organs, most likely his intestines, uh, that would need to be sutured on the inside, too, as well as disinfected, because I don't know if people know this, but your intestines are full of bacteria and shit. Right. Yeah. And if that stuff gets ruptured and is, is left inside your body and isn't cleaned out and isn't sutured back up, you will die of a sepsis infection within several days. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, in real life, you're, you're this wound's fucking killing you. But, you know, right. it's a it's, it's a TV show. So the, the language of cinema is, oh, well, she's sewing him up. He'll be fine. He'll just, you know, <laughs> he'll, throw, he'll wrap a fucking T-shirt around. No, and it'll be OK. He, he, he would start his veins would start turning black from infection. Yeah, I know. I know. It, would, <laughs> it, would, it would be so... a major issue. Well, yeah. and I, ho- I actually hope they do kind of get into that where like they have to try to find some sort of antibiotics for him because that's, you know, that, I don't know. I, I think sure it's one of those but... things where it's, you know, Rick Grimes pulls a fucking knife out of his shoulder to six inches <laughs> right. long and stitches it up himself, puts on a shirt and goes on with his day. A hundred percent. Right. <laughs> that, that's, you know, exactly what happened. But that's fine. That's, you know, I expect that from a show like this, but yeah. no, I, great episode. I, I really enjoyed it. So, you know, again, people are going to fucking hate. It has a 7.5 on IMDb. That's why I like people genuinely did not like this episode. It's fucking bizarre to me. Every other episode has like a, a nine or except for you the, know the, the incels, one, the you know, the in- episode, you know, yeah, you know, the incels out there that can't form meaningful relationships with anyone romantically see well, this and, that was- and they just lose their minds because it's like, oh, it's two teenage girls. This is this is grooming. This is, you know, whatever it is. Well, they and have that to- was the other thing is like, I actually thought that that was really uh, their their relationship dynamic was really kind of sweet and innocent and like it didn't feel like it felt it felt genuine like it felt like well-written you know genuine dialogue it didn't feel ham-fisted to me like the way that can sometimes so i thought that was pretty good too you also know, do, these, do these people remember being teenagers themselves right like, do they know how teenagers right. actually talk to each that, other the, the kind of awkward like the way like ellie was so awkward like it just felt very i'm sure that everyone had a flashback to like you know the way that they first sort of like interacted where it just like you know, like uh, they say something that like they you know the one person that you're, you know, have a thing for like says something that totally you know crushes you even though they totally didn't mean to like it's it, it just felt very well 
put together, I thought. So Yeah, they it's it's the word is authentic, you know. They're acting yeah. like real teenagers because they are real teenagers, but so many real so many teenage actors don't act like real teenagers. Or or they're given dialogue written by people who have no idea what teenagers act like. Right. Uh, other than like maybe their own kids. And of course they're probably wealthy and don't act like real teenagers do either. But um, the, the other thing I love is, you know, we, we also realized that in the very uh, the third, second or third episode where um, they find the old video game that doesn't work and Ellie's talking about it. She's, you know, she's describing it right. and says, you know, I, I used to have a friend that was really, you know, was way more into this than I was. You realize that's who she was talking about. Right. Right. Which is, you know, just like the, the way it's kind all these pieces are retroactively heartbreaking. Right. You know, exactly. That's, that's, that's great. Exactly. It's no, um, good stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, a lot so of that stuff. I, I mean, the one thing that kind of bugged me was just like uh, after 20 years, that carousel would not work. <laughs> there's <laughs> no, just no, God, there's no. too many moving parts. You know, the, the well, it gears. Did, and it didn't though. It, it broke after like two minutes of them riding it. it yeah, you know. I, I don't know. <laughs> if anything, if anything, the arcade games, if they still had power, probably would work. You know. Oh yeah, you, water you could damage. plug in an N64. I have one. I have my well, not yeah. mine. I had to rebuy yeah. one because, of course, you know. Mom got rid of my old one, but I, uh, thanks for that one. But uh, yeah. no, I but I rebought one like year, a couple of years ago, and it, no, you you fucking throw that thing on, still works, works on a brand new fucking twenty twenty one TV or yeah. whatever. You yeah. Know? Like, now the pinball machines probably wouldn't have worked because the longer you have that many things with moving parts not moving, the springs on those the, would. I don't know if those would still hold yeah, up or yeah. you know. I, I watched the documentary rusty. on on uh, pinball mechanics, and uh, all all of the pinball repairmen said. The more you use the machine, the better it works. <laughs> that's that's right. The you're rule. keeping it's, it loose. You're not letting it sit and rust. And exactly, exactly. So it says it's like you like it's like your body. The more you use it, the longer it lasts. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So yeah. No. Great episode again, as always. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll check back in on that next week and probably have. Speaking a- of episodes, I saw the latest Marvel episode. <laughs> <laughs> what, what? What? Oh, the uh, Quantum Mania. Quad quadrophenia, yeah, yeah, whatever it's fucking called. Ant Man and yeah. the Wasp and the Stature and the Kang, Kang, the Wrath of Kang. Um, I I, I don't expect a lot from Marvel movies, yeah, and, and and this uh, delivered exactly that. <laughs> it was it met your low expectations. That's it, good. It letter, like, literally every scene was like every predictable trope you've ever come to expect from any movie, let alone a Marvel movie. Uh, visually though, it was like, there was some, some of the CGI was amazing to look at. And then other scenes felt like I was watching fucking, uh, shark boy and lava girl. (laughs) I've seen like, yeah, like scenes like plucked onto social media where I'm just like, is this spy kids? Like what fucking movie is this? Like what? (laughs) I don't understand. Like Kevin Feige's washed. I'm sorry. Like I just, I, I I haven't been able to get into a more like outside of like the Spider-Man movies, which. I'll always enjoy just because I, I think those are particularly kind of stand out in that universe. I, yeah. I, 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 I just know, can't I get the, excited for these movies anymore for the most I, part. I, I felt really like the uh, multiverse of sadness um, was actually pretty good, but you know, I think that was large part to Sam Raimi. Right. In, you know, actual to, to auteur it. bringing it, get bringing in an auteur to kind of, you know, put his, put his sort of touch on it. But the problem is like, even when they bring in sort of people who have their own unique, visual styles like Raimi they still I think have to fall into those fucking Disney tropes now with with these movies like they just can't escape them they just have a formula and the formula has been making money and as long as it does they're not going to change it they're buying your name as a director this one this one had the biggest drop off from week one to week two of any Marvel Marvel history right it was like a 70% drop off um 
Yeah, Cocaine Bear beat it this weekend. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. It's a movie about a bear that does cocaine. Like, this <laughs> so is... this, this, is, this is hilarious. <laughs> so I go to the theater to go see the Ant-Man quadrophenia. Uh, and in the lobby, they got a little lobby display of like various different little movie Eastern things, like a yeah. little little contest for something, a something other thing. And, and I see just sitting there, apropos of nothing, on the table is a little black teddy bear uh, with a white powder all over it. And then two little, like, little, looks like candy packages and white powder sprinkled all over the table. And I'm like, is that a little lobby display for a cocaine bear? Because that's fucking adorable. That's awesome, right? <laughs> and this is, you know, I don't know if you know this. I'm in a very small town in Ohio. So, like, this is, you know, this is where we are as a culture, as a nation, as a zeitgeist that, like, hey, you know, yeah, right. cocaine, just like little, little fake cocaine display can be like a cute, fun, adorable, family friendly uh, <laughs> bit of tchotchke. Uh-huh. There at the theater, like I, th- I think we're on the right path as a nation. I th- no, I agree. I, th- I think we're making America better again. I agree. I agree <laughs> wholeheartedly. Um, and there's a lot of good shit coming out too that I'll, I'll see at some point. Uh, fuck, uh, Creed three, I think, comes out this week. Which, you know, it, Creed two is like kind of whatever, but the, the Michael B. Jordan directed this one himself. I think there's going to be a little bit more of a. Whenever you get like yeah, an actor, the first time director, they try to do like out the out auteur like every you know fuck. They try to mimic their favorite fucking directors, which is you know always interesting sure. to see. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch uh, Kang versus Killmonger. Yeah, no, I, honestly, I mean, just fucking <laughs> that's you know two, uh, two, uh, two Marvel villain greats. But no, I I, I think it'll be good. Um, you know, I, I'm always I'm always interested in actors I like directing for the first time. I'm still waiting yeah. for leo to fucking direct something He's speaking so many of, of two heavyweights going head to head uh and and speaking of you know boxing mma fighting we we actually have a clip uh here of a couple of commentators going at it you have that clip ready i do actually yeah you know and, and honestly yeah. usually I, I gotta say most most of the things from the joe rogan show i find pretty uh moronic but he, he actually made some interesting points uh in this clip so i i, I do occasionally yeah that. he he really makes you think about some deep stuff that not not many people I think would go th- is, is to the lengths to really suss out all of the implications of of you know well just just go ahead and yeah. roll the clip yeah, and we'll uh, see what we're talking about. I just think I would love to get ratatouille. Ratatouille? Like have a little guy up there. Excuse me? You know, making me cook delicious meals. No, I understand. I, I've seen the film. You wouldn't want that? I, a little guy pulling your hair, making you cook? It's a ridiculous concept. You're telling me you wouldn't want that? I just don't know why you're bringing it up as if it's something that could actually happen. You wouldn't want a little ratatouille guy up there doing whatever? It's honestly insane that a rat would even be able to cook in the first place. He doesn't have to be cooking. In the movie, he's cooking. Yeah, but in this scenario, though. He could do other stuff. Yes, but you called it getting ratatouille. I mean, the movie is about cooking. Why call it getting ratatouille if the rat isn't even going to be making you cook? I don't need a rat to help me cook. You're hung up on the cooking thing. You were the one who referenced food. Forget what I said. You called it getting ratatouille, which is a reference to cooking in the first place. Forget what I said. Ratatouille is just the frame of reference. Like, you can get ratatouille into doing other stuff. It's just important to remember that words mean things. Yeah, but I mean... The word ratatouille has implications about cooking. It's just easier to call it that. It's a ratatouille situation. Words mean things. Listen, if there's a little guy up there like a rat up on your head, it's a ratatouille, even if you're not cooking. Okay, for this conversation, we can call it getting ratatouille, but I think moving forward, we should establish a different terminology. Okay. Okay. I, I just want to know if you would want to get ratatouille Yes. I think I would want the, the rat to help me write a screenplay. Thank you. That's pretty cool, man. Thanks. 
Jamie, pull up my favorite scene. Fucking great. So, oh, for people that don't know, that is actually uh, AI. That's that's an AI generated conversation, which is fucking insane because it was like spot on for not only the fucking you know the vocal cadence, like the speech cadences of of Rogan and Ben Shapiro, but you know it just felt like it, it's crazy how like it's 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 too that technology is too advanced like we need to we need to put a stop to this so obviously the voices were altered by ai to sound like them and of course the one that sounds like rogan is is perfect the one that sounds like ben shapiro is a little little off you know too high-pitched uh but didn't ai actually write the dialogue too no no that and that was the right i mean whoever wrote that actually you know is okay clearly a funny you know well, it, it's 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 too perfect in so many ways because it's, it's like I mean certainly the the if, if somebody recorded it with their own voice and the AI just altered their voice, their their timing was flawless. But also the just the little twerks like you know the the, the Ben Shapiro would get needlessly defensive about his cooking abilities when no one was even talking about that. I don't need a rat to help me cook. <laughs> just like that that little that little bit right there, I was like yeah, that's was that's so the fucking. You know, just they, projecting insecurity at all times. <laughs> they finally fucking how many years later figured out a way to actually, you know, modify your voice to sound like someone else's. Like the fucking the thing from like Scream in 1996, the little voice box. They finally made like a working version of that where you can actually, sure. you know, talk into it and out comes a completely different. I mean, it's, it doesn't pattern. render in real time, obviously, but it's 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 based on you know actual but recordings. Honestly, the ma- it's only a matter of time at this point if that's you know if that's the tech- where the technology is where you can plug oh, your sure. your voice sure. into it and it comes out perfectly sounding like Joe Rogan. I mean, that's that's crazy. Yeah, but you, I mean, you really got to nail like the where they put pauses right. in, where they emphasize, where they de-emphasize, like that. The first time I heard that, I'm like, this isn't real. But like, how, how exactly, how did they do this? Yeah, <laughs> right. right. Um, because you know we've seen visual deep fakes, but like those uh, presumably take you know hours to render that stuff once you you know line it up and everything. Um, but there's a couple other ones that we that I've heard from the same guy who who's been doing these, and they are definitely hilarious, but not as spot on as this one is. No, the last one, one was, uh, God, was it? Oh, what the one where uh, the, the um, beach that makes you old. The, the beach that makes you old, where <laughs> it's it starts out because there's like video that goes along with this, but it's just still frames, right? Um, and Joe Rogan, you know, looks like shit already. Uh, and, but he 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 looks like even more like shit. He's like, I went to the beach. It makes you old. And Shapiro's like, There's no such thing. There's no such thing as a beach that makes you old. <laughs> and they just continue to argue like that. And eventually, Shapiro that, that comes back, the- <laughs> and, he, and he's and he looks like he's a fucking hundred years old. He's like, I went to the beach. It made you old, and it made me old. <laughs> that one, that just, one's just worth watching for the, the for the visuals along with it. Yeah, no, yeah. Was- just sitting there coming up with the premises of like what what ridiculous thing would these two dumbasses have a serious debate about <laughs> you know right <laughs> which is great i bet this technology does kind of worry me because it's it's in its infancy in some ways but it's still like way too fucking advanced already oh i'm like, sure there's going to be court cases where you're going to have to bring in like a, a a audio expert to determine whether you know a, a taped recording of a confession right was real or not well, and that's and then I've already seen like there was a video going around on social media of like Biden reinstating the like the draft selective service for um for uh to to go fight in the Ukraine and it 
was an actual AI video and it looked pretty, you know, I mean, I could tell it was AI, but like to, to, to a dumb boomer, like it looked pretty convincing and it got shared around by a, con- a considerable number of <sighs> yeah. people. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, this is going to be a fucking problem. Like this is, this is really going to be a problem. Um, you know, we'll see. Fake news, I mean, man. Fake news, it's, man. Right. It, it, it's, it's, it's the fucking, it's the, it's the 5G microchip in the Bill Gates vaccine that's inside your body now. That's Judge, the... Judge Dredd tried to warn us in 1996 with the Ugh. fake video of Sylvester Stallone gunning down uh, the, the fucking senator, or the news guy, whatever the fuck that stupid premise of that movie was. Uh, the, oh, the news anchor, the guy who would always like shit talk him on the news. Because he was like a crazy fucking. Yeah, I, I've only seen the remake of that. Um, oh, you never the, saw the night. Oh, the '96 one's bad. It, it, I know it's bad. That's why I didn't watch it. <laughs> I don't like to watch it, movies that suck shit. It's worth it's uh, worth watching once just to kind of. It, it's it, it's a good um it's a good double feature with like Demolition Man. Although I think Demolition Man has a lot uh, more uh, going for it because it's like funny intentionally in some ways and actually has good action sometimes but. sometimes yeah I, I think i could just i mean we did watch that and review it and i think i had the least amount of things to say about it of anything we've ever reviewed <laughs> right. um but i think they they just they just recently for the first time did a honest trailer for that movie really um, oh, that'd be a good one and those are i mean those those honest trailers just get funnier and funnier a pitch meeting too i mean like the pitch meeting stuff is like on a level you know, like I'll watch a movie that I like, it's good, and I'll go watch the pitch meeting and be like, oh man, it wasn't nearly as good as I thought because there's a lot of fucking inconsistencies to make fun of that this guy's nailing. I, and, and you could always find, I mean, like there are movies that I love and I still love that I've seen those like honest trailers or pitch meetings for that I'm like, oh yeah, no, that's that's funny, but it doesn't take away from my enjoyment of the movie. I think you can definitely sure. find funny shit. I, I, I'm not sure if they made one, but if they did, I need to watch the pitch meeting for uh, old, you know, the movie about the beach that makes you old. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if there is one for that. Um, That'd be a good but one. Uh, they just they just did a new one, uh, a new yeah. honest trailer for Titanic. Now it's turning 25 um, because that was one of the first ones they ever did back in like 2012. Uh, and apparently it's not that funny <laughs> comparatively. So they, they did a little update on that. So, uh, but yeah, speaking of updates, we have a update on something we've actually never talked about before. Um, yeah, so it's sort of a, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a, an update to me. Cause I had to learn about some of these people who I've haven't really spent time uh, invested in, but we are talking of course about Chicago's mayoral election that happened yesterday. Right. And, you know, obviously, uh, great news from it, you know, regardless of the outcome, is that Lori Lightfoot will not be mayor of Chicago anymore after this next election. Which This is, is I mean, it, it, and you read the conservative reaction to this, and it's hilarious how blatantly it is just about race and gender and being a gay lady, because they they're thrilled. They're absolutely thrilled that Lori Lightfoot will no longer be mayor because uh, voters have apparently rejected her woke agenda, Uh her woke agenda. I heard that mentioned on Fox news uh, just in one, three minute clip woke agenda about 10 different times. They mentioned the woke agenda. Not once did they say what that agenda was. No, because that doesn't, that that word doesn't fucking mean anything. They, they, They just use that in place of like, Things that they don't like, they just are, are just fucking start calling what like there are black people in the world or there are gay people in the world. Like it's it's kind of crazy how there's just no policing that word whatsoever and what it gets applied to. It just it means whatever they don't like. Whatever Lori Lightfoot like. is a fucking perfect Republican candidate. If she ran as a Republican, 
in a big city, there would be no fucking issues with her getting, you know, with her, uh, you know, being popular amongst Republicans. She fucking supports the police. She uh, fucking tries to break up teacher strikes. She's horribly conservative on almost every issue. Um, Like, I really can't even see what their issue with her is, like, genuinely. Like, she seems like the perfect Republican candidate. So so they were talking about the, the, the runoff winners. Um, are you clicking a pen over there, buddy? I was, yeah. <laughs> oh, gotcha. All right, set that thing down. So they were talking about they were, they were talking about um, uh, Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson, the top two winners of the runoff, or what will be the runoff now in April. Uh, and they were talking about how great Paul Vallis is. He's the white guy. He's the pro cop candidate, uh, and how wonderful he is for business. Right, and they were talking about. Brandon Johnson, uh, we have to worry about him because, like War- Lori, he wants to defund the police. <laughs> Which and is, couldn't be further from the truth. I, on, on the I almost Lori fell life. out of my fucking chair because the the right wing all hates her because they think that she's fucking Karl Marx. Right. Right. And the left hates her because they know that she's fucking, she's a dictator. She, yeah. the enti- she pissed off the entire city council. That's really hard to do to piss off every single person on the city council, especially because we've got some fascists on the council and we've got six socialists on the council. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you know, but, but the idea that like, I mean, she literally, she took $290 million of our earmarked COVID relief money and gave it to the police for overtime for beating the shit out of protesters after George Floyd. Yeah. No, that, that, that sounds like someone who wants to defund the police. That, that <laughs> so, so yeah, I haven't really been following this race. I know a lot of other people have, but I just you know I've been in this game so long that I can't put energy or effort into anything until it's like you know the last mile or so right. <laughs> of of a race. You know before but I Brandon can, Johnson, can like from from the little I've read about him, seems like a genuinely great candidate, which is why he'll probably end up fucking not winning. But um, right. he, but he's actually endorsed by the CTU, and like he he's he seems to be the the, he's the yeah he's got race. all the he's got all the union endorsements. He got endorsed by SEIU, um, all all of the you know livable street uh, transit active transit uh, bicycle type people I know they're all for him. Um, he's got a lot going for him. He's a Cook County commissioner, um, and he did get a ton of support uh, in this race, but he still came in a a pretty distant second place to Paul Vallis, right. Uh, Paul Vallis was the former CEO of the Chicago uh, school district, public school district. Uh, I don't know why a public institution has a CEO in the first place. That that should be the title should be superintendent, not CEO. But of course, here in Chicago, it is CEO. Right. Right. He got so he got a full third of the vote, 33 percent of the vote in a, a race with seven different people. Right. The only white guy got the most amount of votes. Yeah, that's troubling. And this is really troubling. Yeah, because if you if you <laughs> I don't know much about him. I just know that he's, you know, was one of the worst candidates running. And he's got the support of the police union. I mean, that tells you all you need to know about. Him, so, you know? right. So it goes beyond that, though. So <laughs> he basically. All right. So I'm just going to read from an article here just to give you a little bit uh, so I don't miss anything. So Paul Vallis, 70 years old, enters the next stage of his race. Uh, as the clear front runner, but a candidate who has at, at times been dogged by ideological inconsistencies. He said in a television interview in 2009 that he considered himself more of a Republican than a Democrat. And keep in mind, this is a runoff between two Democrats uh, going forward. Allegedly, right? Yeah. A, a strike against um, Mr. Vallis in the eyes of many voters that, uh, I'm sorry, in overwhelmingly liberal Chicago. 
I would say overwhelmingly liberal is probably not a good thing. <sighs> it's an apt description, but they're not in the way that they think it is, I'm sure. You exactly, know. exactly. Last week, the Chicago Tribune reported that Mr. Vallis's Twitter account had liked a series of tweets that used insulting and racist language. So, <laughs> of course, Mr. Vallis, total boomer move, suggested that hackers were to blame. <laughs> you know, those time-traveling Russian hackers uh-huh. that got Joanne Reed made her say uh, homophobic things back in the you know last decade. Uh, in yeah. 2020, this is this is where it gets hilarious. So, so he not only is a was a uh, CEO superintendent of a school district, he's also a huge fan of privatizing the public school district, right? So he's been a huge proponent of charter schools. Charter. And if you know anything about charter schools, you know that charter schools, uh, you know, uh, amongst other things of trying to create profit from education, they're also a, a great tool to try to bust the teachers' union, right? Because right. Charter schools are not taught by union teachers. The, so the, the problem, though, is that, and, and this is, I've, I've you know, been learning more about this, but so he doesn't just promote charter schools as a hobby. He owns his own consulting firm that promotes <laughs> charter schools. He owns a consulting firm that promotes charter schools, privatized union busting charter schools. And the problem, though, is that most states most states have laws that require that uh, public schools are, you know, only hire teachers through collective bargaining contracts, right? Which means right. that they're only, they can't just go and, and privatize any school they want and fire the union teachers and then hire non-union teachers. The problem though is that to get around that, they've got to pass other laws. And the big, the big one that his consulting firm is trying to promote is emergency manager laws. Which, you know what those are? No, no, I'm not familiar. So you know how we poison all the water in Flint? Uh-huh. That was through an emergency manager law. Oh. Where okay. if if things are, you know, if crime's bad enough or if education's oh, not bad enough. Oh, you just get enough, to make unilateral decisions. That, the that. state can overrule the mayor or the elected city council and uh-huh. appoint an emergency manager to do whatever they want to do. Oh, yeah, that seems fair. So basically, they want to get around the state laws requiring uh, negotiated union contracts to hire union teachers to basically say that, well, we can we can employ an emergency manager, have the state take over a school district or even just an individual school in that school district, get rid of all the union teachers, bring in, uh, you know, uh, non-union contracted teachers um, save money by paying them less and basically take, you know, taxpayer money and put it to a private school and subsidize it and make money that way, which is supposed to be illegal. Yeah, it is, but I'm sure they'll fucking get around it. Right. So this guy that wants to be the mayor of Chicago who ran not only the entire school district of Chicago, but Philadelphia and a, a couple other suburban towns, um, now is, you know, the, the, the huge front runner <laughs> to be the mayor and his consulting firm wants to bust unions, appoint emergency managers and privatize public schools. So you'd say he's pretty anti-union, but there is one union he likes <laughs> because in, in all of his consulting and uh, against unions, he actually in 2020 served as an unpaid consultant to Chicago's Fraternal Order of Police <laughs> during their union contracts. Weird. Not only did he just consult with them, he played an active role in their direct negotiations with the city. 
weird because I, I I always hear from people that they're a union just like anyone else, and that there's nothing you know d- different about them and that they should be included when we talk about labor solidarity. It's right. weird that like the one guy who fucking hates unions loves the police union for some weird reason. Right. So when the CTU, with the teachers union, is negotiating their contract with the city, they're directly at odds with the the Chicago school district. Right? right. So he took information he had, experience he had fighting against the union to take and flip that and fight for the police union against the city. That's who this guy is. That's who got a third of the vote out of seven candidates. <sighs> it's fucking it's bleak. It's really bleak. It's it's like, yeah, we, we rejected Lori Lightfoot. Like 80%, 80% of voters rejected Lori Lightfoot. And said, "Hey, who's worse than than her? Let's go. Right, let's guy. let's find the more conservative version of that. Like, just yeah, yeah it's, it's not to, it's ma- not to mention the fact, but... yeah. And he said he, you know, his 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 top three issues he said are crime, crime, and crime. Oh, good. Right? That's what he's running on is crime, and he wants to hire hundreds more police for a police department of twelve thousand cops. He wants to hire hundreds more." What's a couple hundred more? I mean, they're, you already have a fucking standing army. Like, why not? Why not just add some more infantrymen? It's That's... it's absolutely insane. So yeah, and, and this is this is despite the fact that you know in a in a citywide poll of fifteen thousand respondents, eighty percent of Chicago wanted to defund the police. <laughs> right, right, because you know. So the the notion that they want to vote for a you know a a a guy whose top three concerns are crime, crime, and crime simply does not match. Democrats. Are just are fucking morons like they never vote based on what their stated principles are they just vote for whoever they believe has the best chance of winning because they've been brainwashed over the last fucking two decades by cable news that that is the be all and end all of what your job is as a voter as a democratic voter in an election is to ensure that the democrat with the best chance of winning aka pulling votes from this mythical fucking undecided voter uh, that's who you're supposed to vote for, and whoever te- the you know your fucking trusted local pundits tell you to vote for is who you should probably vote for, regardless of the fact and, that and they every don't single article, anything you fucking believe in allegedly. Every, every single eulogy, or you know what, what's what's the word when you uh, postmortem. Postmortem. There you go. Thank yeah. you. Every postmortem article I read today about Lori Lightfoot said that voters, you know, were their top issue was crime. You know, the, the huge surge in crime in Chicago is the reason they got rid of Lori Lightfoot. Like, that's, I don't know anyone who votes like that, who, no. they, who votes because they're afraid of crime. You know, unless they're a white homeowner, nobody, nobody votes that way. You know, right. they vote based on whose personality. They I feel like. like people who live where the fucking Home Alone house was filmed, you know, like maybe those people probably voted, you know, because <laughs> they're terrified of crime. But like most fucking, yeah, people that live in, in the city proper, I'm well, sure we're not. Concerned with Unfortunately, that. if you look at the um, the election map, uh, it, it looks almost exactly like the uh, racial segregation map of oh, Chicago. Weird. So the big question, though, is going to be, you know, what what happens to all the people that voted for Che Garcia and Lori Lightfoot? Where do those votes go? Where are those votes going to line up? Um, you know, who who are they going to go after? But it's it's going to be a very intense race between now and April. Um yeah, I'm I'm going to be following up pretty close. I, I suspect now, it's going to actually be pretty close. Yeah, based on the just because that's such an X factor. That, you know, that I think there's a lot of people who just voted for Lori Lightfoot because she was the Democratic. You know, like it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. That's that's a. Uh, 
don't know. We'll I don't know. See. The only th- the only good thing is that uh, you know Paul Vallis has run for governor and lieutenant governor, and I think a couple other positions, and he's lost every time. So here's hoping that you know he just <laughs> they were like, hey, well, there's a white guy to vote for. Let's he's right. the only white guy out of seven people running, so we're going to vote for the white guy, and then you know hopefully. After was, this, they're going to go, oh, actually, he's fucking terrible. And there's somebody who's really good running who represents, you know, the faces of the people of the actual city. Was this like a primary or like an open primary or sort of just a general election? And then there's a runoff. Like, are you, are you like, well, yeah. So it's a primary. This is, I mean, there will be a Republican running somewhere, but like that's, it's Chicago. But you've got a white guy running as a right wing Democrat, you know, a, a tough on crime Democrat. So he might as well be the Republican running in this race. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a runoff. So if nobody gets 50%, it go, you know, the top two people proceed to the election later in the, uh, in the spring. Right. All right. So we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah, before we get out of here, you wanted to touch on the, uh, the, the, the update on a story that, that genuinely shocked me, this update, this, I was not expecting to hear this at all, but you know, we've talked a lot about, uh, Havana syndrome on this podcast and the, the, the scourge of Havana syndrome and the debilitating effects that it's having on our uh, our, our our dear uh, intelligence personnel uh so we want to kind of give an update on that because uh apparently i just it's shocking to me to find this out but apparently uh it was totally bullshitting in their heads kind of you know weird that that that, that was the, the update that was given uh today but the washington post posted a Wait, uh, you're saying the sneaky chinese don't have a microwave gun no, I know. Well, you know, in this case, it was the sneaky Cubans. I think was were, were the primary perpetrators. Uh, but yes, no, that the, the, no, the sneaky Chinese are the ones who are doing the 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 lab leak. That's that's the new fucking the way that they're framing the the new lab leak. Uh, sort of like so the the China story. balloon, the China spy balloon oh, yeah, didn't have too. a didn't have a microwave gun on it that it was shooting down at at Orlando uh, beach house you know beachfront homeowners that was shooting down COVID three SARS COVID three that's <laughs> <laughs> in fucking microwave radiation form now uh unfortunately no that that was not the case yeah no so the washington post uh revealed uh exclusive like uh exclusively that there was a i believe it was an fbi investigation that that basically concluded that uh it is very unlikely that there was any any actual um foreign actors uh perpetrating any sort of uh, sound or you know, any sort of, you know, basically weapon weaponry, like sort of silent weaponry that would be producing this, this response. Uh, they, they of course didn't draw a conclusion from it. I mean, every, you know, legitimate, per- every legitimate sort of look at this is basically determined that it's just completely psychosomatic and, you know, much like the fentanyl fucking, you know, uh, hysteria. It's, it's very much, a modern sort of mass hysteria, you know, Salem witch trials type well, reaction to this when, situation. When they started, you know, passing laws to give money to people who had really bad hangovers, uh, poor them. That, that's when we we really were like, okay, this is this is totally bullshit. But you remember we read I read an extensive interview with a nuclear physicist who said there's no possible way to do what they claim is being done, right? Like the, the amount of energy required to shoot microwaves hundreds or thousands of feet through multiple walls to affect anyone in any way, would it just doesn't exist. You know, you'd have to have a, a building sized microwave generator. And it's a little hard to hide something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it's, it's complete bullshit. It's always been complete bullshit. Um, and we knew about that at the time. And anyone who wasn't 
trying to fucking, you know, uh, fear monger and, 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 you know, raise your fucking ire about, you know, a, a communist country, uh, knew that at the time too, but it's just funny. This is another one of those stories where like we were right from the beginning and we were called crazy conspiracy theorists for thinking that it was bullshit. And now it's the, Oh yeah, well it was bullshit, but who cares? Like, well, you know, like it doesn't matter. That was, <laughs> right. that was, that was three years ago. Like it's, it's again, it's the fucking tried and true tactic. Of the intelligence so, community. yeah, I wanted to read three paragraphs here just to get a couple of funny details of uh-huh. this uh, revelation on the record. So uh, <laughs> I, I have me here in my notes. It just says having a bad time here, man. <laughs> <laughs> Havana, Havana, bad time here, man. Um, I don't even know what article this, what source this was, but uh, it's probably something on Yahoo News, I think. But uh, the new findings, part of an official new U.S. intelligence community assessment represents the latest effort by the government to explain a perplexing disorder whose symptoms included uh, included dizziness, vertigo, extreme fatigue, and in some cases, even brain injuries. Gee, what, what does that all sound like? Uh, a fucking hangover? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, symptoms that have been reported in as many as 1,500 U.S. government employees in 96 countries in recent years. So, yeah. Previous reports uh, prompted Congress in 2021 to pass the so-called Havana Act to compensate those experiencing the most serious of those symptoms with up to $187,000 in government payments under the assumption that they were harmed in the course of duty by a hostile attack. $187,000 fucking dollars. Now that we know that shit's fake, do they have to give the money back? Because I think they should give the fucking money back. Yeah, that would be my fucking vote, but I'm sure that's not going to happen. Pretty sure if I show up to work with a fucking, you know, hangover, I don't get paid, uh, you know, upwards of a quarter of a million dollars. No, no. Yeah, you don't. For for calling in sick because I had the brown bottle flu. (laughs) Um, The official also noted that as media, uh, this is apparently an official who worked on the report. The official also noted that as media reporting of Havana syndrome has subsided over the past year, reports among U.S. diplomats and spies experiencing such symptoms have also dropped significantly, suggesting that if uh, suggesting that some, if not many, of the reports may have been influenced by the power of suggestion from following news media coverage. Right, yeah. as as we said from the beginning fucking hysteria the same as the fucking fentanyl or 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 they were like hey i got a new way to get out of work because everyone's fucking talking about this and i can invoke sympathy (laughs) right yeah yeah no it's it's yeah it's pathetic but we we called this at the time so yeah that 50 you know good good on those 1500 people for fucking swindling swindling us out of you know a quarter of a million bucks each basically yeah um you know it, it yeah fucking ridiculous but um I think that does it for us this week, though. But uh, we um, will be back next week. Uh, if you want to support the show, uh, rate, review, and subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on SoundCloud. Um, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash idiots, uh, patreon.com slash moveleft. I am on Twitter at move underscore left. Uh, and I'm on Twitter at Havana Syndrome for 2069. Yep. And we will uh, see you next week.